Hello and welcome to today's edition of Chapter by Chapter for Dune. I am your host, Will Cowan. With me is my good friend and co-host, Steve. How are you doing Steve today, Steve? Ak- How's your morning? Steve- my uh, my name is Steve Akadarak. Steve Akadarak. <laughs> I will only be referred to as Steve Akadarak. I, I, uh, I just recently listened to the episode where you said you're Mua Steve. And I think that's a... I think there's like a really good challenge that we can make where we just do different amalgamations of different Steves and different uh, Paul names. I think it's beautiful, but I think we might have tapped it out already. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yes, we are getting into chapter 16 of Dune, but who's really keeping track of numbers anyways? You and I were just saying right before we started recording is that it is getting real tough trying to figure out what number we're on at this point eventually it just gets I've been doing a, a great blur. job of keeping track and neither does the book because they, they, they the chapters aren't actually numbered nothing yeah. to signify chapters at all really other than the crazy insane ramblings of princess Irulan, reading all yeah. of the reading all of paul's literature you know yeah it's like it's her book but it's actually all the sayings of Muad'Dib and all the history of Muad'Dib and all the, all the, the it's ramblings about Muad'Dib, of Muad'Dib. But she's, yeah. Did she write these books? She's like the, I think she wrote all of them. And, but like by right, I mean like she probably just. Copy pasted it all. Listen to his pot. Yeah. Listen to his podcast. That's what actually what this is. This whole series is, is leading yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is an intergalactic podcast. All right. So. I guess uh, I believe it's my turn to read the the chapter introduction this time. I don't even know anymore. I I'm at that point where I can't remember like whose turn. I, uh, I do know because yes, it is your turn. <laughs> because yes. Well, I know. Before right. you get started, I gotta I gotta let's do a little something. Ooh. Ah! I love my bus on fire. <laughs> Oh, man. It smells like burnt hair. Oh, I hate that smell. Okay. It's a bad smell. All right. Boy, let's get so, that, so none of that was worth it. All right. <laughs> Without further ado. Greatness is a transitory experience. It is never consistent. It depends in part upon the myth-making imagination of humankind. The person who experiences greatness must have the feeling for the myth he is in. He must reflect what is projected upon him, and he must have a strong sense of the sardonic. This is what uncouples him from belief in his own pretensions. The sardonic is all that permits him to move within himself. Without this quality, even occasional greatness will destroy a man. From Collected Sayings of Muad'Dib by the Princess Irulan. What do you think that's saying, Steve? Because I don't have a fucking glue. Well, I can tell you one thing. <laughs> I'm pretty certain that I actually lit my lip on fire, not just my mustache. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> see, I think you, I can see a little bit of a red. We have that red now. mark on my screen here. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, where good where job, were Steve. all the hairs missing? Thank you. I can only imagine that that uh, that that paragraph there, that intro, has something, uh, some sort of correlation with my mustache, but. <laughs> You got a sardonic mustache? Yeah, that's it. There was a girl that you and I used to work with. 
I will. I won't name him. But uh, oh, the one with the sardonic mustache. No, no. She she described Denzel Washington as like sardonic, and I guess. But the way she said it, she said it, he's like, oh, I like Denzel Washington. He's sardonic now, and I was like, do you know? Do you know what that? Do you know what that means? Do you, like well, it, do, like it's it's like he's he's like uh, the way that she used it. It was like he's like he's coming back. You know, it was like the reconnaissance, but for Denzel well, what Washington, does sardonic it was mean? called sardonic. It means like uh, evil intention, but kind of happy. Like, th- like a a good way to put it is like a sardonic smile. So a sardonic smile is like somebody that's smiling, but it's got like a little bit of a little bit yeah, of like a a shiftiness to it. Yeah, a little they're fucker. gonna fuck you over. <laughs> yeah, 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 something like that. You want to check that? Double Welcome check. Welcome to Word by Word, the Grammar Podcast. Yeah, grimly we'll mocking, goes. grimly mocking, or cynical. I wasn't far off. There you have it. Starkey attempted a sardonic smile. I want to know. Ah, <laughs> I hey. want to know who Starkey is. <laughs> yeah, who's that Starkey? Is there collected sayings of Starkey by Princess Aralon? <laughs> <clears throat> there might be. There might be. There might be. We never know. All right, let's get into this chapter. And this chapter, I've actually. I've read this chapter a couple of times and I've had a lot of trouble trying to think of how to approach this chapter because it's, again, it's a lot of talking. The perspective changes from person to person, like how many times, like a dozen times in this chapter. It's like from, it starts off from the Duke's perspective and then it switches Mm -hmm. to Jessica and what she's thinking. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to, uh, there's a little bit of uh, the other guy. Kinds. Yeah. Still kinds. We got a, it's it's just kind of all over the place. So, also, I figured the name the... for this chapter is dinner oh. party. Dinner party, I love it. So, <clears throat> I thought the, the I thought the best way to approach this structure was to have no structure at all, just kind of like jump into the uh, like jazz. bits. And I think the first like jazz. Let's just kind of go in and just kind of figure it out from there. So. The first thing that I want to kind of talk about, which is kind of annoying to talk about because we've talked about this subject already, I don't know how many times, uh, at least once in every episode, is the opening scene with the Duke looking at the water basins and the towels and how the the custom Mm -hmm. there is Mm -hmm. to people to wash their hands, dry their hands off or like slop some water on the floor and then throw towels on it. And then the Fremen or the servers in that, in, or the servants in the house, they will take the towels, they will take the water, and then go out to the street and basically sell it to poor people. Yeah, so they can suck the sweet, sweet juice out of it. Yeah, towel juice. It's uh, and it's just another way to go talk about like how important water is on this planet. There's even another but honestly, like what's even on. like in a world where people all have um, you know, their butts, they're all recycling their butt. Yep out of their butts you know what what, what's so bad with uh a little towel water i really don't know which one is you know that's you know what you're totally right like it is it is probably some of the safest water that they can drink Mm -hmm. you know i think there needs to be more wet towels does anyone (laughs) ever get dysentery from drinking their like how did we just 
I'm sorry, everyone. Immediately, I'm just like, let's start talking about them recycling their shit in the water again. <laughs> you know? Has anyone ever been become sick? Is there a risk of dysentery? Uh, I'm sure is there, there is. I don't know. I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. Maybe? I... I mean, like, Eh. it's so far in the future that, like, I think they have a pill for that now. Like, oh, you can drink your poop water, but make sure you have this uh, desert pill for your poop water. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, They got something. But, yeah, the the whole towel in the basin thing is is just another illustration of how important water is. And like I said earlier, there's going to be another conversation about water later on involving Dr. Kynes. Uh, that's actually kind of cool to get into. Uh, one thing I kind of want to note for those of who who have seen the Dune miniseries from like 2000, the the scene that we're seeing here with Duke in the water basins is actually switched to Lady Jessica in that miniseries, and I'm not exactly sure how it plays out in the David Lynch movie. I don't even think this scene happens in the David Lynch movie. Now that I'm thinking about it. Oh well, in the David Lynch movie, like all of a sudden there's just a horse. And it's standing at the side yeah. of the road, and uh, it's drinking yeah. a cocktail for some reason. And jazz music starts playing, <laughs> and then uh, the lights flash all of a sudden. And then uh, you're looking you know, very sardonic, Paul Muadib. <laughs> yeah, the horse backwards. starts giving a sardonic <laughs> smile while shaking his martini and doing a slight little trot, like a jazz, like. Yeah, that. Uh... That little snare brush. Welcome to Jazz by Jazz. <laughs> well, we make jazz with our mouths. We make jazz. Talking about Dune, everybody. Um, so past that point, I kind of want to get into about who the people are at the banquet. So this Lady Jessica has set up this banquet just kind of as a, I don't know, I, I get together Hot for luck. all the bigger names. Like a little potluck, baby. Uh, talking about all the bigger names that are. I mean, it's not uh, a talking potluck, with. But it's, potluck is know. a great way to to build a community. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> it is. You're totally right. So build a the people at the banquet. <laughs> shut the fuck up! I'm trying to explain shit. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, it's hot in this apartment. Oh, okay. <clears throat> So, Lady Jessica has set up invitations to, for all these people to come to this banquet uh, to get to know some of the 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 movers and the shakers. The movers of and the shakers. Movers and the shakers. Some of the people that include that are in this are there's a bunch of people that are at this table, but some of the more named people are uh, a guy, a man named Butte, who is a water shipper. There is a man named Esmar. <laughs> a man named name. Butte. Cool. Butte. Dune, everyone. I know. We'll see you tomorrow yeah. for the next chapter first. of Dune. <laughs> it's a man named Butte. I want to change the name of this chapter to a man named Butte. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> That's perfect. <clears throat> uh, Esmar Tuek, who is mm. a, uh, I don't think he's a Fremen, but he is a smuggler on the planet. And uh, there's another man that is a big part of this chapter, but he remains unnamed, and he's only known as the banker. Oh, like and Monopoly. Like like Monop- the ba- like he's a- got a monocle on. <laughs> yeah, a little top hat. He's got a couple <laughs> yeah. money bags, and he's, you know, I don't know. 
Yeah, and he's just awful to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's given sardonic smiles. So we don't, All you over don't the place, really know. Right and center. You don't really know if you want everybody's to trust like, him. Anything yeah, everybody's could be looking under that at top hat. <laughs> that's that's a sardonic top hat he's got there. It's a sardonic top yeah. hat. The entire thing is sardonic. The entire nature of Monopoly is sardonic. Isn't the isn't the a sardonic top hat is what Black Canary wears? Or um, yes, or no? Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Black Canary wears a sardonic top hat. No, Everyone who's knows the that. who's the <clears throat> who's the uh, magician superhero girl from DC? Uh, uh, Zatanna. Zatanna. Yeah, she wears a name? sardonic top hat. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm a, I'm keeping. She's it. an elegant top that, hat. Yeah. Hold on, I got a cat. I got a cat trying to break the walls down like Chris Jericho. Oh, she did. <laughs> she did break the walls down. Ooh. So. Interesting thing about Esmar Tuek, who we've, uh, who's a part, a guest here, is that Jessica mentions the to Duke Leto that she's invited him specifically because he's a smuggler and he has fast ships. And when shit goes down, and we don't know if it is, but it looks like it's getting close to it, they need fast ships to get the fuck off that planet. Yeah. So Jessica is really thinking ahead in this in this chapter, and and Jessica is pro- practically like. My favorite part of this chapter. So another she is, she's juicy. crazy. She got she's the juice. Got a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Don't isolate that. <laughs> okay. Um, Jessica is like my one of my favorite parts of this chapter. Um, throughout the chapter, we keep seeing these like little, like fr- like these little code words and phrases and only uh, certain people are, a- are it, able to pick up on Is it just the Atreides that. family? Like, is it just the core? Well, now, like, that, I'm th- now that I'm saying out, out loud, the, the code words and phrases, I think are more or less universal depending on the specific circumstance. That's the thing about this chapter that kind of drove me nuts as well is that the, like the Duke Leto, when he gets up and he leaves to go deal with that situation, he says like a certain sentence of words, and Paul's able to pick up on that. That yeah. the string of words that he said. So is Jessica too. And though. yeah, Jessica's pro- yeah Jessica is able to pick up on that. Paul notices uh, but that it doesn't, Jessica picks it up. Uh, but doesn't show that like Kynes pick it, picks it up. However, when Kynes and the banker are having their little fucking tiff, their little argument about. Uh, Fremen and uh, drinking blood and all Board that sort of stuff. Park Place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Kind said something that's in a code word sense. Like it, he says a certain f- phrase of 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 words that is like a signal for violence. And there's this moment of tension where everybody kind of like sets themselves up for 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 fighting. You know. Hey, Kinds was trying to orchestrate and, a red wedding. To just pop off, yeah, but have it be yeah. a very and tan wedding because of all the sand, a... <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh, this episode's a mess. I love it. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's what you get. Um, you're getting real raw radio, everybody. I, I you real guys raw. This is hey, this is it's late at night. It's seven thirty p.m. 
And hey, no rules, no We're borders. Done. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. In the wor- words of Joe Rogan, do whatever you want. It's a podcast. Yeah. All right. We're playing jazz. <laughs> We're playing jazz. Um. <clears throat> then, okay. So there's that. There's. Yeah, I was just talking about Kynes and the banker kind of getting into each other. But there's like four or five, like two or three points, not four or five, two or three points in this chapter where like people are ready to turn swords against each other. Like Paul says something to the banker just to like troll him. And essentially they're just kind of like, I think Paul is like prodding these people to kind of see their real intentions. Because we've also seen in this chapter that Jessica and Paul are reading people like motherfuckers in this. You know, like. Uh, just the way that the banker says, including each other, they just look at each other and they know what's going on. Um, the way that the, uh, the way that Paul kind of trolls the banker and prods them, it's a, he's able to determine that the banker is an agent of, of the Harkonnens and that he's a, he's a, he's a piece of shit, but he's like, he's a, he's a piece of shit throughout the chapter anyways. Like there is no, there, Dave, Frank Herbert does no does nothing to like help him help this banker guy look cool or like put together or, or any in any sort of way you know what i mean but so much so that it's i think it's probably on purpose they're not telling us a name yeah you know playing him off like yeah. he's a like he's a schmuck yeah he's a, he's a monopoly man it's probably not a monopoly, a monopoly man. man you know it's um, probably like uh, Astro Boy. Speaking speaking of people who are coming off as like dicks, I thought the Duke in this chapter came off as a huge asshole. Like specifically when he was doing the toast and he was like, the toast was something, you know, pretty generic. It was like for freedom and prosperous business or whatever. Taxes, the codes in space that toast? taxes. Yeah, tax codes. Uh, yeah, maybe some tax codes in there. But but like remember when he like takes the flagon of water and he just dumps it? Yeah. And everybody oh, yeah. else has to do it as well. Like it's like a power move of him and like Jessica takes note of that situation or what he's doing and he's like he's desperate. Like he is trying to like show off Ugh, I can't remember exactly what he, what she was thinking, but well Jessica can't make sense of Leto at all in this chapter because Leto's dealing with the fact that that Jessica might be the traitor. And right, you're totally right. He's trying to sort that out where she has no idea about that. And she's trying to figure out what's wrong with him. Because clearly yeah, something's and up. Le- and that's also because like, uh, there's a little part at the beginning where talking about the, Jessica's choice of clothing for this uh, for this banquet. It's lots of warm colors. It's a lot the of the cape. things that, uh, yeah, the the Duke really likes her in these uh, <clears throat> specific colors and and whatnot. And it's kind of like a like a little bit of a dig towards him, like of him being so cold. But at the same time, he's kind of playing this weird chess game with her that she's not realizing yet. So he's he's got to be pretty smart and and knows how to like fool himself so he can fool Jessica because there's a lot in this chapter showing that like. Not lot, not a lot gets uh, gets past Jessica in this chapter. Like she's able to pick up a whole bunch of different shit. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> another thing I want to talk about is uh, 
the water. Another, yeah, another fucking water thing. So when the banker and Kynes are having their little argument about, you know, I think the banker calls Fremen blood drinkers and it's just, it turns into this whole thing. Um, there's a conversation that starts going towards about, uh, it starts talking about the conservatory that uh, Jessica found a couple chapters ago, the place with all the plants. And Jessica says that she wants this to, oh, I think this happens actually beginning of the chapter. See guys, I'm playing jazz. I don't know where everything is going. Jessica mentions that that conservatory is going to serve as like the initial seed to help change Arrakis into a greener planet. And Kynes takes note of this and he realizes that this is part of the prophecy as well of like, they will, these people will share your, your most desired dream or something like that. Your most precious dream. And there's a, what else is there about water, Steve? I know there's a little bit at the end here. Like, okay. They really stress that the like water is power again comes back that the themes of the of, of, of more the more water you have the more power you have they cannot stress it enough so i also think that well, the more poop that you have the more oh man if you got power you have kind kind sees a big mountain of poop and he's like guys were rich do the so worms poo go uh i don't know because know, if honestly. they probably take big old worm poos and you probably get a lot of water and moisture it. out of that. That's uh, they just fucking t- a couple take moisture it all farmers up. out there. Hell Luke yeah, Skywalker. Um, one thing about water that's worth mentioning is that near the end of the chapter, when there's like after the argument, the point that I was trying to make before, which was uh, Kynes is hiding the fact that there's water on the planet to turn Arrakis into a greener planet, into like a like a fucking real planet. Well, yeah, because it's um, Je- it's is it Jessica who says that that's what she wants to do. That that's they, what she kind she she kind of wants to do it, but I can't remember. I think she exactly was the one who says the, it though that they want to one day they're hoping to one day be able to uh, grow you know green grass, grow plants, and yeah, on, and that's on Arrakis, and everyone kind of just that's laughs the at conf- it. That's the conversation at the beginning with uh, with Kynes and Jessica, and that's when Kynes has that prophetic like flashback, and like he's like, "Oh, they they're gonna share your most precious dream." I'm talking by the end of the chapter mm. where they're talking about how they're gonna do that, and the banker is like, "There's just not enough water on this planet," and Kynes makes a little face to himself, but it's not to himself. He gives a sardonic grin. Just, he gives a little sardonic grin. And Jessica and Paul both read it, and they're like, he's lying. There's definitely more water on this planet. Somewhere, we don't know where, but there's definitely a lot of planet. Uh, there's a lot more water on this planet. Yeah, warm. It could be. Warm water. It could be uh, a bunch of dead people as well. Because even in this chapter, Kynes makes a point of saying, like, you know, we may not be able to drink the blood of our, like, you know, our dead, our dead ones, but we can drink their water. And surely enough, a dead person doesn't need their water anymore. So they harvest the water out of a dead person. Yeah. Which I'm surprised that the David Lynch movie didn't show that at all. Like, that seems like the most Lynchian thing that 
you can see. Well, you know what I, mean? I mean, the 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 movie's not really very Lynchian, is it? No, it's not. It's 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 completely um, uh, chopped it up by producers, and it, it's it's a whole it's a whole different thing. <clears throat> I will say something it's, while we're on the note of David Lynch is that right now and for quite some time leading up to right now. Uh, I think like during it started at some point through the lockdown quarantine everything. David Lynch just started giving the weather on YouTube every day. They're like minute long videos. I've been watching videos. this. Yeah, but I've I watch him every day. It's, it's I watch him every day. He's giving the weather for LA, which is not where we live, but that's okay. He usually slips in uh, maybe some quotes, a little bit of wisdom, and uh, mm-hmm. hey, I love it. It's a great way to start my day, but it's fantastic. I've probably watched it for like two months now. That's amazing. And he's like, he's like in his office with his typewriter and everything. He's like, it's uh, eight o'clock in LA this morning. Uh, and he like looks out his window, looks cloudy. He just gives the weather. <laughs> I love that guy. That guy is so. He's great. Nuts. He's getting old. He's getting real old. You can tell in his voice as well. He's got that old voice. Anyways. Near the end of the chapter, you know how uh, Duke is called up. He's called away to deal with something. Near the end of the chapter, we get information of what he was dealing with. And it was about the carryall that uh, disappeared in the chapter before with the with the worm. Turns out a Harkonnen agent was on the carryall, hijacked it, and tried to sell it off for whatever money he uh, that person could. They found that person probably executed him on the spot if not they definitely probably did executed that. him on the spot probably fed him in worms hell yeah just like dropped him in the middle of somewhere and just like watch yeah but on a sail the barge chapter, yeah the, uh, the chapter ends with um paul boasting that like his dad can like solve whatever problem as long as he like puts his mind towards him whatever and Jessica is like, you probably shouldn't boast. Like, this is not a position for you. To, you're not in a position to be talking shit right now. Yeah, stop talking Even shit. He is. Fucking Paul. That guy's name is Brute. Yeah. This other guy's name is like Ahanaka. And your name's Paul. <laughs> My name is Jessica. All right, we gotta play cool. We gotta Fuck. play cool, man. <laughs> um, Don't drop one thing that, that I think is here. really in- <clears throat> one thing that I think is really interesting is that Frank Herbert has done a good job. Of now, like establishing Leto as this like incredibly uh, confident and uh, calm and collected leader, and and and, and layered too, uh, and he's this he's like he he seems to really be have his shit together and be a couple steps ahead. Except we started the series being told that he's fucked. In like the first couple chapters, they were like, he's fucked. He's going down. Well, that's the all thing the, that's so all crazy. Of the, the whoever were saying that. Yeah. Who's saying and, that? Uh, Wizards? Gaius Helen Mahayam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the thing, though, is that you're totally right. A lot. And, I've, co- and I've completely forgotten. So much so that I've completely forgotten that he is doomed. Mm-hmm. I think it's right kind of like a it's 
it's almost like a ruse that Frank Herbert tried. He tells you this at the beginning and hopes you forgets it. I hope you forget it. He's playing this like when you're reading it, you can tell that Frank Herbert's trying to play this. I've said it a thousand times already, but like a 4D chess game with you, without you really oh, yeah. kind of knowing it. I think he's, he's playing 5D you chess. Things. He's playing 5D chess. He's telling you things and he's not telling you things. He's putting in. Uh, he's putting in references that, that that will come up later, and he's bringing up the past, and you're just ca- he's creating like smoke screens for oh, yeah. you, so yeah, you could so you're looking at the wrong direction, and that's another thing that you you hit the nail right on the head there, Steve, is that these characters are ahead of the game. We've seen it a couple of times where chapter two with the Harkonnens is a very big chapter because we hear all the every plan that the Harkonnens have. And then throughout the rest of the book, we see the Atreides figure out the plan as it's kind of unfolding and trying to respond to the future steps of that plan. But we don't know how it's all going to f- like fall come, together. Yeah, you know come what together. I mean? So there's these little things that were just kind of like, what's going to happen? There's a lot of tension that I'm noticing in these in these chapters, there's a lot of tension when Things you're reading tight. them, but it's but they're but it's so slow burning that it's uh it's very interesting to read and I can like I've said it when I've said it at the beginning of uh, this series <clears throat> that like it makes it really hard to read but very rewarding once you kind of see things kind of. I mean, so together. you tell me. I'm still waiting for my rewards. So far, all I'm getting is sand. They're worms. coming. They're coming, man. I swear to you, they're coming. Parasitic they're worms. So many, just, just when you thought you couldn't get enough sand. More sand. We got more sand. And you know what, everyone? Sand. That is exactly what we'll be bringing you tomorrow. Yeah, bring you more sand, baby. That's everything that I wanted to talk about today. Do you have anything that you... Oh, we forgot about Gurney. Throughout this whole time, pretty much this whole time, Gurney's just in the background, just a, like just... just no oh, yeah. way on his guitar. He's just playing Stairway to Heaven over and over. Yeah. <laughs> and then he starts, then he switches it up at the end. And he starts playing Smooth by Carlos Santana, which really mixed things up. <laughs> it really shifted the energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just when you thought like the knives were going to come out and like things were going to get really bad, you just hear da 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 We should just put that music in right now and end the show. Yeah. Do you think we'll get you know we'll get in trouble? No, I don't. But I also do. Let's see. <laughs> so yes. So yes. Uh but that is it for today, everyone. Um Hey. What's what's what day is it today? Today is Monday. Monday. It's Monday. You know what that Monday. means, everyone. That tomorrow's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I really gotta work out these outros you know I don't, I, I don't know um, of course thank you for listening everyone uh, we will be back tomorrow with chapter 16 17 with chapter 17 of Dune <laughs>